Okay, here we go. We're in the final stretch. Fixed issues for version 23.1 and my Celsius can is empty, so I'll probably talk slower now. Uh, first, first, um, you know, as we go through these, let's hop down to Encompass Pipeline. So, um, issue with other applications opening in front of Encompass is resolved. So, sometimes you get some stuff opening up in front of the loan folder drop-down, um, and then you couldn't change it back to be able to proceed with Encompass, so you get locked. So apparently that's been resolved, which is cool. Uh, Encompass Forms and Tools does not apply checkbox. Um, now working is correctly in the employment sections of the 1003 URLA Part 2. So apparently there was a does not apply checkbox uh, on that. Um, so thank you very much for fixing that problem. Field tabbing order corrected on the VOE quick entry. So for, the, <laughs> for those that are used to building input forms, don't forget your, your tab index on your input forms is a real thing. Don't think everybody just uses their mouse to click around. Make sure you check your tab index on all of your input forms. So uh, thanks for fixing that, Ice. Um, let's see what else is on here. Up and down arrows now working correctly for current residencies in the VOR input form. That's cool. Disclosure tracking initial and borrower receive dates retained when, prop when property will be changes from primary. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that was happening. So apparently um, there was an issue when you went from uh, property occupancy from primary to second, things are getting blown out. Um, so that's been fixed if you've had that problem. Maximum loan amount now displays correctly in the prequel tool. Um, that's really cool. I don't know if people are actually still using this. Um, these, are the, these are the input forms and the tools that you may not even realize you have access to for your sales team or your qualification team. Um, so apparently that is now working properly. Uh, which is very cool. And this shows you the example of what that looks like. We're on the top of page 92. Number of days no longer disabled after clearing secondary registration. So basically uh, there was an issue that resolved and the uh, number of days remaining on the lock would be grayed out. Um, so that's been resolved. Earnest money no longer doubled on your LA lender when using itemized credits. This was an interesting problem. Um, so for those companies that were using itemized credits on the URLA, it was doubling uh, the EMD in there. So that apparently has been resolved. I encourage you to thoroughly test that. Make sure that's still the case for you. We're on page 93 now. Field tab ordering corrected on the closing disclosure. So again, more input form stuff. Um, so thank you very much, ICE, for fixing that. Um, yep, yep, yep. Net, next one is net income slash loss on VOM input form updates when homeowners insurance premium is updated. Did not know that was a problem. I actually built an entire new VOM input form to basically take um, all the VOM properties and put them uh, horizontal. So uh, I think we did up to fifth, 12. We did 12. We did 12 stretched out um, because the, the native VOM didn't quite do it for me. And I want to go back and check that, uh, that logic, make sure it's still working. It's all the same VOM fields. I just hadn't heard that that was a problem, especially from underwriters. So um, thanks, Ice, for fixing that. Next one is validate export button removed from the ULDD PDD input form on the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac tab. So there was a validate export button that's been removed. Um, the button provided outdated functionality. It's no longer valid for these tabs, but the button is still available on the Ginnie Mae tab. So if you're looking for it, um, it doesn't work. I think I just tested that too and saw it didn't work. So thanks for removing it, ICE. Next one is request for transcript of text. Title field now editable when using the check when the checkbox is cleared. Um, so apparently there was a problem uh, on that field, but it's now been uh, resolved. So now you can 
uh, edit that field as you need to. There's some updated calculations for the FHA prepaid. So if you were using anything on field 61, um, you know, and you had some issues with that, uh, you know, you might want to check this out. This is on page 95. So if you had a workaround established for that, especially for FHA prepaid expenses, um, check out uh, this update because that, that looks like that's been resolved. We're up to page 96 now and the MHA choice. Um, we, talk, we talked about the MHA choice coming in when we had the 22 dot, what was it, dot, uh, dot four? Maybe it was dot five, I'm not sure, but the 22 dot something um, with the MH choice home option coming in. So it looks like there's now a price limit test for the manufactured homes. That MH, uh, manufactured choice home option is now available. Uh, missing secondary registration logs can now be restored. So an issue that was rare occurred where all secondary registration log information was missing from a loan. I've never seen this before, but it won't be missing going forward. Um, if you're still missing these logs, Prior to this release, call out here is make sure you, you reach out to your ICE Mortgage Technology Techs team and make sure they go ahead and restore those logs. So if you're doing HELOC loans now, there's fixed issues for you. Uh, HELOC DTI now updates when the loan amount updates. Hooray. Um, payment total and DTI now update immediately when loan amount changes. Um, that's cool. So previously it would um, it would not update by saving. Users would have to use one of the workarounds to recalculate the DTI ratio. That's gone. So now, as soon as you update the loan amount, uh, payment and DTA updates automatically. Uh, total open end, the HELOC draw amounts now retains decimal formatting. So if you had some issues with decimal formatting, that's been resolved in 23.1. Now we're into ARM loans. Uh, so for ARM loans, the floor verbi verbiage uh, verbiage options now display correctly for ARM loans using the RESPA 2010 and uh, for the GFE and the HUD. So there was an issue that was resolved with the drop-down list got really weird. You'll see that here on the top of page 98. Um, so that's now correct. Thank you very much, ICE. Reg Z payment schedule populating correctly for Consumer Connect and TPO Connect ARM loans. Um, that's helpful. Index look period drop-down list now editable. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want index look back period drop down editable. Maybe they mean that you can select different options in the drop down. I have to check that out. I, I get kind of itchy when somebody says something's editable. Um, so make sure it's not like open edit. Uh, it says users can select an option from the drop down or they can type their own value in the field. That makes me that makes me very itchy. So I would say if um, this field ID is arm dot, I'm guessing that's an I. Um, yeah, index. So arm.idx lkbckprd. Um, that field, you might want to deal with persona, uh, field data entry rule to disallow specific values uh, in there. Hey, you doing piggyback loans? Check this out. So down payment percent, down payment amount, and loan amount now updating on linked loans properly. Thank you very much. Piggyback loan tools now correctly synchronizing. Um, borrower and co-borrower alternate names. So if you were syncing between loans and you had an alternate name on, on one and it wasn't carrying through to the piggy, it's now carrying through on that sync. Um, I'd go back through also, this is also brings up a good point. If you're using piggybacks, make sure that you set up your, your piggyback synchronization with all the new fields. It's like 1400 and some odd in there. If, you're, if you go check your setting and you're not seeing 1400 and something fields, you're missing 
opportunities to synchronize those back and forth between your, your primary and your piggy. Uh, continuing along with um, these piggyback loans, updates the closing cost field for linked uh, loan, linked loans. I don't think it's supposed to have an S there. I think it's just linked loans. Uh, so make sure you update. You understand that update on understanding how the closing costs for linked loan field 1851 is carrying over to your itemization. Piggyback loans correctly synchronizing borrower and co-borrower names. Uh, so cool. So that talks about the standard fields that we're all used to, the 4,000 through 4,006 for the co-borrower. All right, now we're on the construction loans. There's only one uh, fixed issue, and that's the construction maturity date now correct uh, for construction loans with estimated closing date on the last day of the month. So there's an issue when the estimated closing date was, um, or the disbursement date were on the last day of the month. That would apparently uh, foul up some calculations, so that's been resolved. Humda, uh, Humda updates. There's an updated logic uh, for four user-defined Humda reporting fields. So make sure like, everybody's got to pay attention to this. Um, and, you, and you want to make sure that uh, you take down these fields. So humda.x38, x41, x56, and x57. Please make sure you address this with your team that manages Humda um, because you want to make sure you get this stuff done. It's February. If you're doing monthly, great. If you're doing quarterly, okay. If you're doing annual, make sure at least you're, you're at least doing some data scrubs throughout the year so you don't have to deal with a Humda pizza party at the beginning of uh, next year or the end of this year. Uh, so you'll see information about uh, some of the choices on the top of page 103. We're going to get into e-close fixed issues. Uh, if you're doing e-close and you're getting an error message, it will no longer display when users redraw an e-closing package with a paper note, also known as hybrid. I don't know why they drew it that way, but basically hybrid. Uh, you would get maybe a forbidden message, so that's been resolved. Um, for electronic document management, there was a formatting issue resolved for the HTML code used in notification templates. So I don't, I've never done this. I always just use the WYSIWYG editor. But if, you, if you're using HTML code in notification templates, um, cool. You've got some, uh, some options here to, to manage. There was a formatting issue that's been resolved. So uh, that's cool. Um, this is weird. New blank tell. Oh, this is just going into, so top of page 105. This is just walking you through on basically editing that uh, HTML. Uh, email template using HTML. Uh, next issue updated for uh, for this is going to be in electronic document management. The date time fields are using local time when tracking e-folder documents and conditions. So um, previously they were all standardized in Pacific regardless of the user's location. That becomes problematic with e-close. So you want to use local time because that's where the person is. Um, uh, next one on here is watermark no longer added to the TXT files in the older document viewer. So basically, if you got like some kind of page with some text information, you get like an evaluation only watermark that's been resolved and will no longer display on the TXT files. Cool. Uh, next one is business rules. So uh, everybody loves business rules, right? So persona access to fields, business rules support the lock checkbox for the MIP PMI amount paid in cash. Uh, this is awesome. Again, if you're dealing with um, you know, situations where you're funding uh, either MIP funding fee guarantee or even if you're doing a single premium financed MI deal, 
and you're going to finance that um, amount in there, you get pennies sometimes and you have to go and lock and people forget. So now you can control that with business rules. Um, that's cool. Uh, so that, that's been resolved if you were trying to do it before. You can now do it successfully. Persona access to fields, business rules, support the guarantee financing portion, check boxes, same, same thing, different topic. So now you got, again, if you're doing an, uh, a USDA, RHS, the, the get my panel will pop open and you'll get these different looks. If you don't do any USDA, this will look weird to you, but it modifies once you, once you select a, a file and now you have these fields that you can control via business rules. Uh, so that's awesome. Um, an error message no longer being triggered when importing a persona access to field business rule. I haven't gotten this, but apparently there was a JSON issue with the package. Specifically, if you gave it a pretty long uh, advanced custom uh, code, I guess, because the string length exceeded the value set within the JSON. So that'll have to be, um, you know, hopefully that's been resolved for you. If you had that problem before, that should be resolved now. In the ATRQM, we've got ATRQM uh, interest only now displays correctly when the interest only term is blank. Uh, so that's cool. In the alerts area, you've got a fee level disclosure for the GFE alerts, uh, reflects the total variance for seller obligated fee. So um, if you're dealing with seller obligated fees um, and you had a good faith variance, the, the alert um, will still trigger if the seller obligated fee is changed to a borrower obligated fee. I wanna be really, I wanna be really, I wanna call this out for a second because I know that there's some companies out there that are using in the itemization, they're using the pop-out, and I know this might sound weird to you, but this is actually happening, and they're moving fees from borrower side to seller side, and then marking it seller obligated. Well, the problem is, A, if it's not a true seller obligated fee, of course, that's an improper um, use of, you know, way to disclose a file, and B, if you're intentionally doing it to avoid some kind of compliance review and encompass, you gotta stop. Like that's not the right way to do it. So um, this is kind of talking about it where if somebody realizes that something was seller obligated and now it changes it back to bar obligated, you'll get this good faith fee variance worksheet alert, uh, violation alert, which is good. That's what we want. Um, just, just if you know your team's doing that, like put a stop to it, please. All right, uh, continuing on here, we're top of page 110. Loan file imports and exports. So um, if you're working with Blend, um, there was an issue with the country code field FR0130 um, that wasn't being updated. So now that's been fixed um, for those clients using Blend on the file import. In the Encompass settings, uh, so now we're in the settings part, there's an issue resolved with the SSO login, um, especially when you're coming in from a parent and having that parent uh, privilege being applied to users in a sub-organization. So that issue has been resolved if you're using SSO, uh, which is cool. Personas created using the access to no feature can view investor connect settings. <laughs> so there's an issue has now been resolved. So now they will not have access to uh, see investor connect settings if they have access to, um, uh, oh, I have that backwards. Pardon me, let me, read, let me read what it says in front of me. So an issue was resolved that resulted in the persona not being able to, so basically, all you want this user to do is deal with Investor Connect. Got it, so now you're allowed to do that. So if you have somebody in their, their job function, which is what a persona is, their job function is just to manage Investor Connect, now you got your wish. 
I just read what's in front of me, of course. So modifications to organization name on Encompass Companies detailed basic info. Uh, no longer affects access to loans. Oh, that's slick. So basically, if you're using TPO Connect, there is an issue when you go into the settings. If you change the name, um, it would foul up the organization. It would foul up the access to the loans because the name didn't match. Which is weird to me because everything in TPO Connect is done by TPO Connect ID. So maybe that's what they did to resolve this issue, not by checking the field name or the company name rather, but just stick with the TPO company ID because that's all that matters anyway. So hopefully that's what they're doing. All right, we're on page uh, 112. Custom fields no longer generate error message when adding. Oh, this is, so this is back to that normalized bid tape issue. Um, so if you're using normalized bid tapes and you are getting this er error of invalid target field, please re-enter. That's been resolved. Tabbing out no longer needed before save and field validation performed. Again, more bid tape settings, so hopefully, again, that's resolved for you. And export organizations now functioning correctly uh, for newly added TPO. So apparently there was an issue that uh, was causing you to not be able to export organizations that were newly added into the external company uh, setup area. So that's been resolved. Um, all right, we're rounding down here. We've got just a few left. We're in the um, ICE Mortgage Technology uh, AIQ option now included in Persona setting. So gang, I think this is like, I'm not keeping track, but I think this is like maybe the sixth or seventh thing that you have to pay attention to in your personas. And I'm gonna use this as a, another reminder. Personas are job functions. So if you look at your all, if you go to your, your system administration setting and you go to all users and you sort by persona and yours looks like a Christmas tree where it goes from one out to many, that's an opportunity for you to come back in and clean up your personas so that you have a single persona for a person whose job function it is to do their things. Otherwise, you, if you end up with a lot of personas, every time one of these updates happens, you have to go into all of the appropriate personas to make sure it works properly for all of your team. Major, major uh, pain point for a lot of administrators. And I know you might be saying, but Larry, it's impossible. And I can tell you flat out, it's not. Um, we're working right now with a client that's got literally over 60 personas, um, and we're, we're breaking them down to about 12. And yes, it's hard work. And yes, it's possible. So there. So anyway, um, we've got this option now included in Persona Settings Report. This is down, obviously, in the uh, System Administration area. If you're not using um, Settings Reports, you're missing out. You now have the ability to pull which Persona has access to the AIQ uh, or not. That's in your, your Settings Report. Trade management things that have been fixed. Um, if you're using trade management, Kudos, if you're not using trade management, but you're actually selling more than one loan at one time to one investor, you should check out trade management. It's super cool. If you need any help with it, we'll be glad to help you out. Pool ID and pool number fields now populate custom forms when updated to selected loans. So now you can actually update your MBS pools on your trades and get all those custom inf that custom information updated um, like you'd want. Um, another one here is MBS pools assigned Loans with extended locks now processed successfully when loans updated. Again, this is just probably a break fix, and it looks like it was resolved. So thank you, ICE. Uh, rounding out here, additional fixed issues. We've got file contact buyer and seller agent information saved correctly when added to business contacts. Okay, 
Um, so if, you, if you're adding in, if you're creating and adding at the same time, you now have information that's now going over into the business contact record. Please make sure that you're leveraging out your public business contact um, categories properly through, especially through your user groups, because if you're creating buyers and agents into the, into the uh, uh, contacts tab under business contacts, you've got to make sure they're assigned to the correct group of contacts that are shared properly um, through the user groups. So hopefully you've done that. Uh, rounding issue no longer populates negative number and total points and fees. That's always nice not to have negative points because that's considered to be unacceptable. Zip code database updated to remove locations not recognized by USPS. So um, there's been some data cleanup on that. So that's cool. Thank you, Ice. Points paid on purchase or principal residence correct when loan saved from second bar repair. So there was an issue um, if you had more than one bar repair in there, um, it would cause some issues on the save. That's been resolved. Um, active rules cache error resolved. I didn't come across this one yet, but some users experienced login and performance issues related to how their active rules cache was happening. Um, so uh, hopefully that, uh, RC, that root cause analysis has been completed and that will no longer happen. Thank you, Ice. And uh, maybe getting here towards the end, we're at number uh, page 117. So issue with batch loan updates resolved. So some users that were experiencing issues with uh, batch loan updates uh, using that functionality through the SDK or API, that issue looks like that hopefully has been resolved and you are no longer experiencing any issues. And now we're at the change log. Like I always say, you know, a lot of times I'll come to the end of the change log to see what was happening. And so last time this was changed was on January, uh, well, they flipped the order on me. So it was on February 17th and there was an update to that statement of denial thing we went through. So stay, stay, uh, always stay up to date on the release notes because all you have to do, you don't have to read through all 120 again when it comes time closer to March 18th or whenever your uh, Encompass 23.1 is going to be dropped. Um, just come down to the change log and go to, you know, around page 118 or so and look for the most recent entry. If there's no entry since February 17th, you got nothing else to do. Thanks, guys. Larry Bailey, Mortgage Workflow Partners. It's been a pleasure. It's been an hour at least. Appreciate you putting up with my voice. And hopefully this has been helpful. Anytime we can help you, head over to workflowpartners.org. Check out what we can do. If you're going to the ICE Experience 23, I'll see you there. We're in kiosk number 11. And also, if you're not part of the wrap-up uh, event happening on that Thursday from 9 to 5, uh, come, stay. We're feeding you, giving you some refreshments, and uh, most importantly, lots of time to meet, collaborate, and learn some more. It's going to be a jam-packed week next week. Hope to see as many of you as possible. Take care.